Welcome to the Lulu Logic Podcast. I'm Nick Lewis. I'm your host, and I got another great episode for you today. Taking it back to high school. Imagine going into the 10th grade. You're supposed to be on the varsity basketball team, which in the U.S., that's the highest level of high school. But you have a new coach come in. Not only was it a new coach, but he set a whole new level of discipline that you might not have been ready for. But in the long run, it helped you out so much. And that's what today's about. Today was about me not only saying thank you to my old high school coach, but to kind of hear his story of how he grew up, where he came from, his background and how he got into the position he was in. And you'll see the difference in him today than 20 years ago. Well, enough of me talking about it. Just hear it for yourself. Thank you. And listening again. This is the Lulu Logic Podcast. Today's guest is from Bowie, Texas, and got his Bachelor's of Business Administration and Marketing from North Texas University, and then got his Master's of Secondary Education from Charleston State University. He was the head varsity basketball, boys uh, basketball coach for three years in Jacksboro, coaching me, (laughs) and is the head varsity girls basketball coach in Slidell, Texas, right now. Welcome to the show, Lance Shelton. What's up, coach? Oh, hanging in there. So it's so weird to call you Lance. Can I can I still call you Coach? <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't. I know. I mean, I that's that's okay. I, I, it would feel it would seem weird if you call me Lance. So who yeah. who does call you Lance? Honestly, my wife doesn't. She calls me a lot of things, but I can't really repeat them here. Uh, I don't think anybody calls me Lance. So and, and Coach is an awesome word. After you've been doing it this long, after 33 years, you see kids and they still call you coach. Um, you, you know, I, I'll, I'll take coach anyway. My oldest son just graduated. And he's dating one of my ex-players that graduated a year ago, and they've been dating for a year. And she still calls me coach. So, you know, I'm okay with coach. I like it. So, Do the kids call you coach? Do they call you dad? Were they uh, – When I was coaching them, like my kids? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I coached my oldest son up until his freshman year until I switched over to girls. And I'll be honest, I don't think I ever heard him address me as coach or anything, you know, and same way my dad coached me. And the whole time I was coached, I don't, I don't think I I was scared of him anyway. I never said, I never asked him a question. And that's back in the day. You didn't ask your coach questions. So anyway, so no, they, they don't. Now they, I'm just straight up dad then now. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. How's everything been with COVID? Did that change everything? Um, did they get the Texas uh, championship games in last year, or how did that go at the end of now, the last season? And I tell you what, our boys were in the state championship. Oh, wow. Okay, they won it the year before. And so we go down there, and uh, the girls got them in the week before. We go down there, and our boys uh, won their semifinal game. The 3A school won their semifinal game. Okay, and then they called the whole thing off. So you had two 
I, I mean, two 1A teams left, two 3A teams left, and everybody else, nobody played at all. And so that's when they called it off. And so we're, they're, they're basically, for us, our, our guys coach and uh, the coach from Jayden, the two teams left in 1A, have pretty much just agreed upon themselves to call themselves co-champions. Oh, awesome. Which, you know, which I, I'm good with. Now, the other ones, they're, they're just not really declaring a champion. So it's, it's been a mess. It, it, yeah. it really has. It wasn't a really good solution to the whole thing. So, how's it kind of changed everything in the program right now with the the seniors leaving and and everyone else there? And how's it changed uh, for you? Well, it was tough as far as just not being able to do track and hang with the seniors and everything and give them the you know the, I, I like talking to them and a goodbye and a goodbye meeting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and even graduation was held outside. Um, so, uh, I mean, it was just a little different as far as how you're leaving the kids, those seniors on terms. I mean, I had one girl that was probably pretty – was good in hurdles. She could have gone to state. I don't know. But, I mean, she had a good shot, heck of an athlete, nothing. You know, so uh, I, I felt bad for them. And at the same time, you know, what what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, you know, if we're going to – maybe we erred on the side of caution, that's okay. Uh, you know, so, I mean, they're still healthy and they're still doing good. So yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, How many miles do you get in on a bike during COVID? Hey, that's, that's been the advantage. <laughs> right there. Okay. So the last, uh, couple of weeks, I guess I've been getting about 300 miles a week, uh, ride wow. usually five times a week. I have to take a couple of days off. So that's been a definite advantage for me it's, uh, since that's happened. I've, I've been riding like crazy. I have to find something to do. What do you ride to? Um, be honest with you, I, it's the wind. If the wind's out of the south, I go south. And from here, that's going towards Ponder and, and past that uh, and looping through. If it's out of the north, I, I'm heading towards Forsberg. Now, last year, uh, I went to Jacksburg and back. <clears throat> really? And that's, I think it was 105, somewhere around in there. Uh, one day, 105 miles. Yeah, and it was an early morning ride just like this morning because of the heat. And, um, I mean, I took off, and by the time – you know where Wizard Wells is? Yep. I was – that's when the sun was coming up. I didn't go through Wizard Wells, but I was on those hills right out there just a few miles, and that's when the sun was coming up. And it was kind of neat just being, you know, out that far – I'm 45 miles into my ride. The sun's just starting to come up. So I just hit a store in Jacksboro and then turned around and came home. So it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's good stuff, though. When did you start like, riding? When did you start really just, you know, getting into the, the love of riding that far? Uh, 1984. Um, it, it, you, you don't know this, but the 80s were, were cycling jogging craze you know all of a sudden people are like okay physically fit physical fitness is good for you uh so 84 i started riding and it was really i, I met a friend of mine and he was a rider and i said i've always wanted to do this and we started talking i said why don't we go to europe and let's bicycle through europe and so i went and bought a bike and in 85 we, we didn't bicycle through europe but we bicycled three three weeks through germany and i've been doing it ever since and off, you know off and on uh, more serious than others. So yeah, you got any bigger plans um, with with biking, or you ever talked about uh, doing some charity with the biking and or anything like that? To to know that you do it already, but yeah, uh, I don't have any plans. I mean, as far as charity or anything, 
you know, it's, it's the time and money, I guess, uh, to do it. Uh, six years ago, I think it was six, wait a minute, seven years ago, I rode across the U.S. And uh, it's just a lot of time and money to, to do that. That was a whole month. You know, that was 35 days. And uh, like I said, and that was with a group. And so the, the money situation, and for me, it was just a blessing because here I am on a teacher's salary and I'll be able to, you know, to, to save up money to, to be able to do something like that. And so, but I, I would do it again, but right now I don't have any plans to do anything else like that again. Just, I just like I said, time and money. You have a dream ride. Is there one place that you like, I, I've always wanted to, to ride this place, whether it's the, the view of the ocean or mountains or? I don't have a dream ride. The dream ride might be to do that cross country ride again or oh, do wow. the southern routes. That was a northern route. And so that was Washington to Virginia and there's a southern route. I don't, not a one day, but probably the dream ride would be to be able to, to do that again because to me it's the right speed. You're not going 70 miles an hour in a car. You're not walking. You're going 15, 16, just cruising. You know, you, you know I, I saw so much stuff. It's awesome. It was just awesome. That would be the dream ride would be to do that again. Yep. <clears throat> Sorry about this. My, my daughter over here, I need to put this on. You're all good. I need to see her. Come here. You want to say hello? Hi. Makes her first appearance in. How are you doing? Says, how are you doing? You good? Good. <laughs> okay. how, how old is she? She's five. She's getting ready to go outside and, and play around, uh, and jump on the trampoline. So just uh, that's awesome. Her. She makes her first appearance on the podcast today. There you go. I'm okay with that. So, <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I seen a post that you posted earlier today outside okay. of your 348 um, bike ride. Um, yeah. It talked about leaning left and leaning right. Yeah, I think there's so much to that. And um, like, I don't like to get into it too much. But one of the things is, is that it's a good perspective. Uh, after reading it, what you felt and for the people that didn't get a chance to see it. Can you kind of explain the the post and explain what you meant by it? Okay, it is. And, and you know, we discussed it a little bit before this, but uh, the post was just uh, some days I lean Democrat. Some days I lean Republican. Uh, I'm not Democrat or Republican. And today I'm just leaning. And, and really then I put down some examples of three examples of things I've seen on Facebook where it said, and, and just add whatever political party you want to put in there was all blank people from this party are racist. All blank people from this party uh, are not Christians. And, uh, and then I just posted it, you know, I'm leaning today with my head cocked because what the heck that we group one certain people and it's always, it's their fault or it's their fault and, and whatever. I, I, I just think the divisiveness of today's times, it's that it, we, we try to find blame on one certain group or whatever. We we're not finding any middle ground and I'm not saying it's driving me crazy, but uh, there's just, there's a lot of hate. There's a lot of divisiveness. I'm not gonna blame one political party or I'm not gonna blame the left or the right for everything. Yeah. I think we can find good in both parties. Yeah. I think we can find some good in the left and the right, but it seems like if you make a statement about one or the other, 
and the other side just jumps on you and there's just there's just no compromise there's no seeing anybody's points now if it if it comes to racism or something like that i, I have a hard time going to the middle on any anything like that yeah but just just to blame a certain group of people if you said all democrats are racist or all republicans are racist i i can't see it just, yeah um, it's just it's just it's just gotten tough it is and, and i just don't i just I, I don't know i don't like it <laughs> and, and i've talked about that uh pretty openly about the fact of like i'm in the middle too i i would go either yeah. way um yeah. depending on the candidate or, or, or whatever but it seems like more people post about stuff they hate than about stuff they love or enjoy yeah right and I've, I've, I've deleted people from my Facebook page because it's not because who you support. It's not because what you support. It's really because you feel the need to be divisive. And I've had to take ownership over what I'm reading and what I'm consuming. Um, being from Texas, small town Texas, I'm pretty uh -huh. sure 95% of the people in my hometown are Republican. And yeah. being in Calgary, um, which is just like Texas, oil and gas, um, you know, beef. I'm pretty sure 95% of my friends are Republican or conservative, yeah. right? So I've been on both sides. Like most of my friends are on the Republican side. And the biggest thing that I see is successful people worry about what's next and how to move forward. And everyone else just worries about why they're moving forward or, or what's going on and they kind of i mean the government's really made to split you up right long as you're arguing yeah. about everything else then they can do whatever they want to do and so i just thought that was a very interesting uh post that you had this morning i thought it was very very profound and, and i just wanted you to share that with with everyone because you know it, it does make you think like it is it is that way it's a tough world and I've, I've the same way I have blocked and deleted a dozen people in the last four or five weeks. My Facebook's a whole lot nicer now, <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's like the good stuff, family stuff, dogs doing stupid stuff. Okay. But uh, this morning and or the last two or three days, I've gotten more, you know, and I've got, I'm gonna, I mean, honestly, I'm going to have to delete or, or block some other people because it's just negative. Yeah. When you see that negative stuff, of course, then, you know, I feel negative. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's an attitude thing. If you can get that stuff out of the way, you know, uh, your life's just, just so much better. I mean, you saw my wife before this while ago. She's such a positive person and influence and always happy and everything like that. And so if you surround yourself with people like that and influences, whether it's and on Facebook, I, I mean, your life's just, it's just better. Yeah, right. I 100% agree with you, man. It's <clears throat> hopefully, uh, I mean, at one point I was like, Facebook should probably take away comments and just yeah. let your post be your post. Yeah. Right. So that's how the sports world was. As, you know, when I was playing, I remember one time um, a guy on Twitter said something about me and I blocked him off my Twitter page. It was after a game. And yeah. his friend was like, why would you block my friend? He, you're a professional athlete. He should be able to say whatever he wants to say to you. I'm like, no, 
like it's my page. I choose to read what I want to read and that's my right. Uh, I mean, if I want to hear somebody hating or saying negative things about me, then, you know, that's not, that doesn't do me any good. No, it doesn't. It it, it doesn't. And so, and it's like I said, it's, it's, it's gotten worse and worse in the last few years. And uh, hopefully we can, 2020s, <laughs> that's been horrible. <laughs> and we have the election coming up. Holy cow. <laughs> I mean, is it going to get any better? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Uh, no, it, it's not. But I don't know. Maybe we can, like I said, maybe we can get past it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Or I'm moving, I'm moving up there with you. So, because <laughs> that must freaking crazy people around here. So. How, how has social media impacted you as a coach? Uh, well, as far as – I mean, honestly, I learn more stuff off of social media for basketball stuff and things like that. Okay, There's more access to it. Uh, you know, it really has. Uh, I've done some Zoom meetings and stuff like that. Never would have had access to uh, in the past few weeks or before since COVID. That was basketball stuff. Okay. I can, and I probably don't use it enough with my team, uh, but I do occasionally uh, just, you know, motivational stuff, you know, uh, during the season or, or I, and even a couple of weeks ago, you know, when we started conditioning, things like that. So yeah. I know I don't use it enough for that. Uh, and it's, and it's, it's really good for that kind of stuff. But I have a bunch of really good motivated kids anyway, and I'm really lucky to be in that situation. Do parents use social media to talk about they don't like you or are their kids not playing or anything like no, that? I haven't seen that. Um, I have seen some comments, not for me or for my team, but yeah. But other coaches? Here for the boys team. Okay. You know, towards, towards the boys coach. and But I don't see that much and it was addressed. Yeah. I mean, it was addressed. The, you know, the boys coach, they, they took care of it. And, and so, uh, but no, and be honest with you, since I've been here, you know, you have parent conferences when your kids, the kids are not playing or whatever. And I, that's one of my rules is if, um, if you have, I don't discuss playing time with parents. I just don't, I'll, I'll talk to the kids. That's between me and them. Yeah. Um, and so that cuts off 95% of my parent problems right there. And I've had two parent conferences since I've been here in five years. So I'm, I'm doing pretty good right now. <laughs> I'll take that anyway. <laughs> it's probably a lot better than what it was back when I was coaching you. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, man. I was insane. I'm not kidding you. I feel bad the way I coached some of you guys. Oh, my God. Especially before I came to Jacksboro. I cringe, dude. I cringe at some of the stuff I did. Uh, so, I'm way – I'm mellow now. I'm so mellow. Oh, so we're going to get into that. <laughs> well, let's talk about you growing up in, in, in Bowie. How was that? Uh, I mean, it's a good small town. It, it really was. My dad coached me. Mm-hmm. You know, I moved there when I was four, and my dad was the coach there for, I think, 25 years, somewhere in there, uh, maybe a little less. But he coached me. I mean, it was a good, it was a good place, good small town. You know, you've got it, – it's typical back then. The gym was always open. Or when I, grew, I was growing up, we all had keys to the gym. And you just went to the gym when you're in high school. So uh, there's nothing else to do. It's, it's, it's different today with the internet and all that kind of stuff. We had yeah. three TV channels. And in order to get 
one of them, you had to go outside and turn the antenna towards Dallas so you could get down. So you had nothing to do. So you go to the gym and play. So it was a good basketball school for us and just, you know, just hanging out. It was good. good when did you get into basketball? Uh, you know, being a kid of a coach's son, I don't know, probably day one. You know, uh, after a basketball games, I, I always went home with my dad, and I just pick up a basketball and, and go out on the court. You know, at home games and stuff like that. I, and I just waited for him uh, to go home. So I mean, I just it was just it was just part of it. And he didn't push me. He really didn't. If uh, we ever played one on one outside home, he would. Yeah, it was just all in fun, and he would make me go left. He would overplay me and make me go left since I'm right-handed, mess with me. And then when he coached me, uh, he had a rule not to talk about it at home. If mm. he coached me on the court, it's over. Go home. He not one time ever said, you need to do this, you need to do that, or anything like that. So I knew I was safe there. I was still scared of him. Yeah. I was, I was safe. Oh. But that's 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 such a – profound thing like you know as a as a coach how many things that come up after the fact that you want to reiterate or you know hey you need to work on this a little bit more but yeah. to separate it completely were you able to do that with your kids as well when you coached them or yeah and I, I with my oldest Layton um I did and I like I, said, I just coached him up through his freshman year yeah uh, he became a good little player too but uh I, I laid down the same rule. I wanted to feel like he was comfortable at home, you know, and, and not to have to think that I was going to rip on him or get on him or even say, you need to work on this or, or anything like that. And now yeah. I, I have a youngest son. He's a sophomore. Uh, and, I mean, if I say – I don't coach him. So, if I do say anything at home, it's pretty – I try to say mostly positive, you know. You had a good game, you know. Uh, uh, those types of things. I try to I try to stay out of as much as possible and let his coach deal with with him, uh, and That's just good. be a parent. Just be a parent. Yeah. Did you play other sports in high school? Did I? Yes. No. I was just a basketball guy. Just I mean, basketball. I really was. I mean, with your dad, you know, you you grow up with your dad's basketball coach, and I mean. Um, I really did. I did junior high, I did football and stuff like that, but I went straight basketball and, and just, and that, and that was it. Is that the reason you wanted to be a coach is because your dad or? Uh, I probably, uh, you know, I can't say yes. I mean, I went and got a business degree. Yeah. I had to go back to school and I think I was kind of denying the whole time what I really wanted to do. I didn't know exactly what to do, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I you can't I can't just point to him, but yeah, I mean, I followed in his in his footsteps. My oldest son, he's a sophomore in college. He's going to be a coach. Tried to talk him out of it, and talk him out about it. So, no, he's he'll do good. Uh, you know, I mean, it just it's just a family thing. My daughter's a teacher. You know, so I mean, you just you just kind of following what your parents do a lot of times. If you see that they they like it, they enjoy it. It's a good life. When you got the business degree, what what was the plan then? I don't have a clue, Nick. I don't. I started work on my master's. I'm serious. I got my master's. Okay, I got one year starting work on my master's in uh, <clears throat> business, and I'm thinking, you know, I even had a double major, marketing and general business, and then I start working on masters. And the year after, I go one year for my masters, and I go to Europe for three months, 
and bicycle through Germany for three weeks and then backpack for two months with a buddy. And that's where I made the decision that I wanted to come back and be a coach. So yeah. I, you know, like business is one of those degrees where if you don't know really what you're going to do something with some people's like, okay, I, you know, I'm not going to be a scientist or anything. I, I was going to business and figure it out. I don't know. So I didn't have a clue what I was going to do. I'm going to go into business. I'm going to make some money. So, so and then, then I changed. I'm going to go into coaching. I'm not going to make a dime. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't change a thing, man. I wouldn't. I would. I say I wouldn't change the, the decision to go into coaching. So it's awesome. Have you used anything from your business degree since? Like, you know, you did get a business degree in, in marketing and things like that. So have you used yeah. any of that? Uh, my wife would probably tell you I'm tight. I, I prefer to call it thrifty. And so, yeah, I mean, as far as investments, 403Bs and Roths and all that kind of stuff, I, that's always, and, and in, until the last few years, I was really pretty, I guess, tight. And yeah, and so just investing in, in things like that so I can be set up when we retire one of these days. And yeah, it's always on my mind. And that's my son too. He's my oldest, he's just like, he's a sophomore in college, like he's gonna be a coach, but he just bought a house because he saved enough money in the past working as a kid and things to put down a down payment. He's the exact awesome. same one. So, yeah. So, yeah, so I do. I mean, I'm always thinking about that kind of stuff. What college do you go to? He's going to North Texas right now. <clears throat> awesome. I got a cousin that goes to North Texas, plays football there. Do you really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'll be a sophomore this year. Okay, and that's what he's going to be. Or a retro freshman, yeah. He's going to be a junior. Now, he went to Weatherford uh, College first couple of years, and he lives out here, and he just commutes back and forth. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's where I went to. My daughter went there. And so, yeah, I enjoyed it. Meeting Miss Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where'd y'all meet? I, 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 do I now? Where did y'all meet? Basketball game. <clears throat> so, it was destiny. You were in college uh, or high school or? High school. I was coaching at Lake Dallas. She okay. was a coach at Wattsboro uh, for, uh, for the girls. And I was coaching the boys at the time. And uh, I saw her. And I had the boys coach from Wattsboro introduce us. And then we had a date a few days later. I was at a game. I was scouting. I said, if you want to go out, I got to scout this game. And so uh, she met me. And then six months later, we're married. Six months. So, yeah, been married, coming up 24 years. Congratulations. So, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I got lucky. Way lucky. <laughs> oh, I deserve it. <laughs> she is an awesome woman, and I've, you know, it's yeah. been that way since since I met her um, almost over 20 years ago. Yeah. 23 yeah. years ago. So y'all just got married. Yes, we did. She, she, We were at Lake Dallas for one year and then went to Jacksboro. Yeah. Uh, after one year we married one year there and went there. So yeah, yeah, she's super. So what do you think is the most impactful thing or lesson you learned from your father? Oh, hmm. you know, I don't know if there's one thing I can put a finger on. My dad was not a guy that said, Hey, do this. He's not a guy that said, would, you know, here's, would talk to you and say, here's quotes, you know, like, I mean, if you want to be successful, you got to do this, anything. I just, he's a quiet guy. Um, 
and, and just watching him. So I, I guess the examples that I, I see watching him was his hard work um, to be successful. I mean, he's in, you know, TBC Hall of Fame and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I remember getting up at night and at two or three in the morning during basketball season, he's, you know, in his chair with his yellow pad writing out notes. You know, so his his work, I mean, he was just – he worked and he was going to be good and he was driven and totally successful. So, I mean, he was singularly focused on 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 doing that and, and you know, being a heck of a coach, and, and which he was. So, I do remember that. Now, I've made some posts about I think you learn a lot of things indirectly from your parents and this concerning racism stuff was that it was never mentioned in my household you know, mm. when I was growing up. And so I learned a lot of stuff that indirectly, I think you're taught and indirectly I was taught how to work hard by seeing him. Indirectly I was taught that all people are cool, you know, by watching him and, and, and never hearing anything negative said about anything, anybody, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so we, we learn a lot indirectly. He, like I say, he wasn't that kind of guy that just sat you down and said, Hey, you know, I just saw him work hard and be a good person. You yeah. Know? So I mean, it's it's just it's, it's awesome. That's pretty incredible, especially knowing like you know how everybody knows Bowie. Like, oh, it's around the, yeah. Back then, yeah. Yeah. My dad's and been I, actually working there the last three weeks, and he's like, everybody's really friendly and and asking questions and talking, and he's really wor he's working there. Well, he's an insurance adjuster, right? So. Okay. He's been working. Oh, yeah. and he's been up in Wisconsin and Philadelphia and all over. And um, yeah. he decided to come home. And then there was that tornado that went through Bowie. So yeah. he's been working um, that for the last couple I'll weeks. Check that out. Bowie has a bad reputation, and that's when I, where I think it. And I mean, probably deservedly so, as far as those as race relations go. But that's where it comes back to when I was growing up in that household with my parents, that stuff was never discussed. It was never mentioned. It was nothing, you know? And so when you're, when you're growing up like that, it's so important that your parents are like that because Bowie does, you know, has a bad past, you yeah. know, and our friends, I, the friends I hung out, we never discussed that. We weren't like that. And so, and I'm sure there were, I'm sure there were other people. Yeah. But I, I, I just discussed, um, Oh, with my wife the other day. Do you remember Jerry Kraft, the mayor yeah. of Expert? Have you ever read his book, Our White Boy? No, I haven't. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, and I don't know where I got it at, but I think I was in Dodge City. After I left, he wrote a book called Our White Boy. And uh, when he was in the 60s playing semi-pro, he played semi-pro baseball for a team out of Wichita Falls. And he didn't know it, but when – the book was all about him. He was the only white guy on an all-black team playing semi-pro, traveling to Bowie. Oh, God, if you can imagine that in the 60s. Wow. And traveling to West Texas and other – and talking about all the towns they played and the experiences they had and his experience of being the only white guy on an all-black semi-pro baseball team during the 60s. And I think it's like 62, 3, 4, somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's an awesome book, but yeah, the experience they had in the buoy, yeah, I mean, I experienced, I remember it's been a long time that, you know, they weren't looking forward to going to buoy. <laughs> I mean, you know, I wasn't looking forward to going to buoy in, in 2000. <laughs>
I think it's changed a little bit. So <laughs> it's uh, changed. It, and it it definitely has, I believe. And you know, yeah. but that's where it's you know when we think about history, it's a hard transition, right? People get mad over statues, over different things, but yeah. where is the meeting point? Like you said earlier, where's the meeting point on? Right? It's it's going to be a hard. It's a hard conversation already. Yeah. Um, but where can you? start the truth and where can you build from? Well, I don't know, Nick. I, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it just comes from, I'm glad, I think I can have an influence on kids and teaching in the school because once you get past that 20 year old or 25 year old, I mean, it's just, to me, it's almost like it's set. I mean, their minds, they, they've grown up, they've been influenced by whether it's parents, families, friends. And, you know, when you have parents or your family telling you, you know, hey, this, this, and this about these certain group of people, I mean, that's a heck of an influence right there. Yeah. Like, it's just almost, to me, it's almost gone. I mean, it's, it's almost too far gone. So I, I know I can have an influence here, you know, at school and teaching. And, and so that middle ground, I don't know. You talk about the statues, you know, that's, that's a tough one. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> okay. It's history. Okay. But it's also some of it's racist history and the racist symbols, but well, take them down. Let's, let's take them down. But if it's history, museums are great for history. Yeah. Okay. If you want to go, all right, but they're out of the way. If you want to go visit them? All right. So maybe to me, that's kind of a middle ground there. It's not Put them just, all in museums. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, nah, I don't know if that's right. I hope nobody gets mad at me or anything. But, no, I, yeah. I, but it makes sense. It makes sense. If you put them no. in a museum, it says, this it's is history. what the history was. Yes. We're yes. not going to glorify them out in public because yeah. this is not, it's really, yeah. it's really now saying, this is our history. Yeah. And not a glory. Because, you know, you put a, a statue of Kobe outside the, the Lakers arena, oh, yeah. you're glorifying Kobe or Mike and yeah. things like that. So, I, I've never thought of that, but I think that's a great idea. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there were protests in Denton recently, which is, you know, 20 minutes from us, and there's a Confederate, and I never noticed it. I, you know, go to Denton, you know, every now and then, there's a Confederate soldier statue outside the courthouse. And I think, and I, and I may be wrong, I think they're taking it down. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know. And I'm all good with it. I really am. I mean, I'm, like I said, but if you want to put it in a museum, that's fine. Yeah. Now I, I I saw a post this morning and said if you're going to take those statues down, why don't you take this statue down? And it was a picture of Martin Luther King. And I'm going, you got to be freaking kidding me, dude! I mean, he's not a symbol of violence or any. I mean, what the heck, man? And of course, it's from one of these Facebook friends I know that's racist. Okay, <laughs> but I'm going to have to block. So I mean, holy cow! <laughs> Ah, it's nuts, man. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about yeah. your first your first day walking in as a coach. What school was it? And how do you, do you remember that day? Yeah, uh, Bellevue, America. Okay. You know where Bellevue is, don't you? Yep. Right outside of Bowie. Uh, first day, assistant coach. God, that's been a long time ago. We're talking 33 years ago. Uh, I've had a lot of beer since then. I don't know if I have a memory. Uh, uh, 
tell you this. I know I was trying to look old. I remember because I looked back some pictures. I had a mustache, so I looked. <laughs> probably looks like a porn star now, you know. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I don't know if I really remember. I remember being called Coach Shelton first by for the first time, and that was by the head boys coach. You know, I called him Coach Shelton. To walk in. It was just odd. You know, I do remember that. You know, and it was such. Small school, kind of like here, even smaller back then. Uh, I don't remember any anxiety or anything, just probably more excitement and ready to, you know, ready to get going. You know, it's a, a new chapter, and here I am, like I said, getting ready to start year 34. How, how many years were you a head coach before you came to Jacksboro? Uh, I was at Lake Dallas, I guess, three. Three years before I came to Jacksboro. And then what, was I there three or four? I can't. Three years. Years. My yeah. my sophomore, junior, and senior season. So my tenth, eleventh, yeah. twelfth grade years. Yeah, you were just darn lucky to, you know, have me those three years. <laughs> I really was. You know, you know what the crazy part is. So I remember, um, because I was supposed to be on varsity my sophomore year. I'd already talked to Coach Hicks, and you know everything was good, and like the summer was going well, and Coach Hicks leaves. Yeah. And I remember you pulling in, unloading your car, and I'm on my bike, and we're kind of just like circling in the parking lot as you're walking in, and we don't really say anything. And then um, I was just thinking, like, who is this guy, and am I still going to be on varsity? <laughs> I, I remember football comes around for training uh, for two a days, and we're running the the snake. We have to run down each yard line, run down five. Oh yeah. Yeah. all the way down the field. So it's five yards at a time down yeah. each line, back and forth. And I was back with the linemen, and you made a statement. You said, if this is the way you work, you'll never be on varsity. And I, I was like, know. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I probably, I, if you remember it, I probably did say it. So. <laughs> Must have been dogging it, man. Don't I be was. Lazy. I mean, I was back with the linemen. I was jogging. I mean – I've never been known for going all out in conditioning. But, uh, yeah. you know, it was just one of those first times that it really opened my eyes because, you know, growing up and you're talented and you, you can get away with it on the court or you can get away with yeah. it on the field, but you yeah. never really had to work for it. You yeah. know, that always stands out to me. And there was another time we were standing there. I don't remember exactly before a game or if it was before practice. And – we were standing like in the little hallway there, right before you go into the foyer for the basketball court, uh, yeah. right outside the locker room, and yeah, and you made a statement. You said, or you asked me a question. You said, "What happens when there's nobody in the stands?" Because you've seen the difference in me at practice and seen the difference in me in the game, and it was yeah. like it made me think, like, am I just an entertainer, or do I just try hard when people are watching? Yeah. Right. And it, those two moments to me did so much for me moving forward because it allowed me to understand what it was to really work hard to work to get something. Yeah. Right. Because, making, you know. You're making me sound good. Okay. <laughs> I don't even remember those moments. You're making me sound good. And I, I mean, I'm known for being just such a hard ass. Yeah, you were. I mean, I mean, and just, just brutal, you know, and 
Um, you know, probably two. I mean, I was, I was over the top. I was an intense little bugger, but, uh, yeah, you're making, I'm glad you're making me sound good. I feel better now. So, you know, but it, that's the interesting thing is like, we all grow and we all learn and yeah. like, you're probably way different now, uh, compared oh. to, to back then. But when you're first coming in and you're trying to set the tone, can you talk about being a basketball coach at a football school or just in a football state period? Well, there's yeah. so much going on. And I remember you tried to start a basketball all season. They were like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, that's why I left Jacksboro. I mean, it was <clears> – <throat> I mean, I like – as far as towns go, Jacksboro was awesome. I liked the, I liked the town. We started going to church there and everything. I mean, I, I, I liked it. Um, and that's really the last town that I've been in. Dodge City and Slidell have been since, since then. And very small towns don't have a store don't have you know any anything i mean there's nothing there's no store there's no restaurants nothing so we're in like really small areas here and so as far as the town i mean jacksboro was it reminded me of Bowie, same size all that kind of stuff but it was just so football oriented it was frustrating i remember uh, i think in the fall uh, spring spring uh basketball's over and we're i've got some straight basketball guys um, and they say, all right, we're all going out for conditioning. And that I, we've got guys running, getting down in a three-point stance or four-point stance and running them through the shoots, and they don't play football, you know, and they're, they're having to run through the shoots uh, out there, and they're straight basketball guys. Like, what is this going to help them? And so I had some good discussions with our AD <laughs> and uh, knocked heads. <laughs> and that's why I finally, you know, said you know I, i've got to leave and when i went to dodge city that was a no football you know no at baseball here i'm girls basketball but we don't have volleyball or softball i mean it's awesome i mean it's it's the sport yeah so, so you get basketball all year round it's it's all year round i mean and slide l is is a is a heck of a basketball school for boys and girls i mean the first nba player ever drafted is from slide l did not play NBA because it was, I mean, it was like startup lead and they didn't pay enough. The guy went into coach instead, but he was, I mean, this is like, this is a, a basketball little town. It's, it's a good set. It's a good setup for a basketball coach. Yeah. You know, but yeah, football, boy, that's tough. I didn't, couldn't, couldn't do it. <laughs> you know, you know, going into high school, I said, I didn't want to play football. Really? Coach Walker said, no, you're not playing basketball if you don't play football. Yeah. And I, I was mean, like, I, I was like, no, I don't want to play, you know, and I didn't like being outside. Yeah. But, I mean, that was the same reason why I always tried harder in basketball. Yeah. I always thought I was better in basketball. You did all right. I mean, I, I'd let you play for me today. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about today. I don't know if I can make it up to court too many times. <laughs> well, you know, there's, there was that rule. We had that rule of Jacksboro that if you quit football, you couldn't play the next sport. Okay. Did we? If, if you if you quit a sport, you couldn't play the next sport, you know. And so the only sport that didn't affect would be football. football. And so it was just a BS rule. I hated it. You know, that was one of those things. Like, well, what the heck, man? So, but I don't know. But as far as basketball, uh, you did a great job. You remember the Seymour game? Yes. When you said yeah. no. Oh, I was like, oh crap. <laughs> So just to preface it, you you told me I couldn't shoot threes anymore. 
You weren't a very good three-point shooter, dude. I okay. wasn't a good three-point shooter. I wasn't a great shooter. Low 20%. I remember this because I remember these moments, okay? So, like, 20 – you know, low 20s. And that's not horrible, but no. Okay. But I didn't, take, I didn't take a lot of threes either. No, you didn't. I got most of my points off fast breaks and layups and slash steals. steals I mean, yeah. yeah. Are, are, are you going to tell the story or am I going to tell the story? Go ahead. <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> I've never heard it from this perspective before. Okay. Uh, well, here it is. I mean, what? We go down two, right? I think uh, we're, we're down. It's down two? One or two. And, and so I call a timeout. I can't remember exactly. There's enough time for us to, to bring the ball down the court. Okay. 16 seconds. Yeah, okay. All right. And so they had been playing a zone the whole game. They switched to a man. So I called a zone play, which also can be run against a man. So one, four set. And you've got the ball. So you're coming down at the top of the key with the ball. And everybody else is a one, four low set. And, and it's called thumbs down. Still run it today. And yep. so I kept going. I kept going. Okay, thumbs, just just run, it, just run. It, okay, and I really here is you're at the top of the key. There's nobody. It's you one on one. You set it up for C W Ferris. C W is was he in the corner on the blocks. I he was in the corner. Nate was supposed to screen the backside zone guy. We're yeah. going to overload the other side. I'm throwing a yeah. cross court pass. We're going to do diagonal pass, but yeah. they switched to man. Yeah, they they were in straight man. So. In a one-four low set straight man, okay, well, you've got you at the top of the key of the basketball. I'm thinking, okay, well, this is still good. You just take your guy off the dribble. Yeah, you said take him. You would like take him. And, and yeah, I know. And, and, and okay, what'd you do? Yeah, kind of jab, stepped up on the three-point <laughs> line, stepped back, and shot the three. <laughs> and I'm going, holy crap. <laughs> and then you hit it. <laughs> and I look really smart. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I, I still have that tape somewhere, too. Uh, no, it's in a box. I mean, I'm serious. I've got that. It's on a VHS. Really? Yeah, I've got it. I took about three or four different ones uh, when I left Jacksboro, but they're on VHS. But, I mean, it's like, oh, my God. Uh, so, I remember a reporter asking me after the game, were you surprised that you did that? And I go, nothing surprises me that that does. <laughs> I always said that you did it or that you made it. I go, and that doesn't surprise me. But, I mean, the fact, it didn't surprise me that you made it. Yeah. And then you intercepted the inbounds pass. Yeah. All the time out, they threw a long pass. And with your arms that go from, you know, pretty much <laughs> uh, from wall to wall in this room, it's just like, <laughs> okay. So, I remember some stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing to me was I had, a, I had the smallest defender on the court. Yeah. He was small and he was quick. Yeah. And he took that first step and he really turned his body. So I was like, I got the shot. Y'all, you had the shot. <laughs> <laughs> you just weren't a good shooter. <laughs> you weren't horrible and your form was pretty good. I mean, honestly, you have pretty good form, everything. But you weren't really, you know, a good, great shooter or whatever, a good shooter, you know, so – we walk in the locker room and you say, all right, see you guys at practice at six o'clock in the morning. And everybody was like, man, you should have missed the shot. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we had what, Crumb? The crumb, next I'd lost a flip. So we played Seymour on Tuesday, practice on Wednesday, and then uh, played them on Thursday. And, you know, that's where I would change things today. 
as far as we wouldn't have had practice or we would have had a 30 minute walkthrough, you know, with that quick of a turnaround. I was always a pusher, man. We're going to keep working. We're going to keep working. And I didn't know when to let up, you know. Um, and so I, I've, I've changed some stuff on that. I would have had just a real easy and giving y'all a mental slash physical break uh, more than anything. And I, we didn't have a hard practice anyway uh, that day, but it was just tough turnaround. Yeah. So, two days, you know, two playoff games. Do you still show the uh, Dick Hoyt and his son video? No, but I know which one you're talking about. I used to have it, and I don't know what I did. That's a good YouTube. one. YouTube. Okay. YouTube's yeah. got it. Uh, that's, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a really good one. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an inspiring story for both of them. It it's, is. It's outstanding. So, I'll write that down. So, I, I, I remember pre- when we watched that. It was one of those yeah. things where, you know, there's little things along the way. And, and, you know, the more you realize it is there was a guy at Southern Arkansas named Cedric Thornton who got drafted in the third round, I believe, third or fourth round by the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. And he went to Southern Arkansas. And, and I met him when my brother was going to school there after a spring game. And this was probably about uh, six years ago now six, seven years ago. And one of the things that I walked up to him after the spring game, I've never met him before. I shook his hand and said, I just want to say congratulations on what you're doing. And he was, I think at the time he was playing for the Cowboys and said, congratulations on what you're doing and everything. And he looks at me and he, he was just like, I just want to let you know that this is not possible without you. He says, every day I walk down to the gym and I seen what you did here. And you made it a reality for me to make it out of here. Oh, cool. Right. So one of the things is, is like, you know, I bring up these memories that I remember that you, you don't remember. And it's just one of those things where it's like, we never know what's going to affect the next person or have that life defining, you know, Uh, because when I got to college, I honestly, I fell in love with competition. Like I always yeah. loved to compete, but it was, I never really had to go. I never f- felt like I really had to push myself hard to compete. Yeah. But when I got to college, it was like, everything changed. It was like, okay, I got to really go harder to compete. And yeah. that's what, that's what changed my life now. So I think back, yeah. like I, I pretty much wasted high school. Well, you're, you're athletic as heck you know, as far as compared to everybody else there. You, you, you were able to get by on some athleticism. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that as a cut. I mean, yeah. you really were. I mean, you, you know, you – and so you get to college and everybody, everybody's athletic. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to set goals and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah. But, I mean, those little things that people say, you know, that, that – kind of motivate you or you, you, you come back and, and, and say, I mean, it, that's stuff that's happened to me before. You know, I remember a college professor saying something to me one time and said, you know, you're smart, a lot smarter than what you're showing. And cause I, yeah, being a goober in class, yeah. <laughs> you know, as I, and, and, and then he said, you know, you could probably kind of be a leader in, within this class. And I said, okay. And so and I took it to heart. I mean, it really, it really, I mean, he was a heck of a professor. He was a great guy. And so, yeah, those little things, I never know, you know, if, if it's getting through or not to some of these kids or whatever. 
but I try to do a little bit more of what you're saying. I try to give hints, talk to something, whatever, you know, all the time, more so than I used to. Yeah. So what, what, what still wakes you up every morning to, to still want to be better? Like you say, you're doing Zooms and, and, yeah. and things to still improve. What, what wakes you up to get there? Uh, I think it's the kids uh, that I've got now. And, and am I as motivated as I was? I don't know if I'm as motivated, to be honest with you. I mean, because I've got this 30 experience and all that kind of stuff. I used to go to a lot, of, a lot more clinics, clinics and stuff. But um, I, I, the kids I've got and just a new group to me coaching, you go year by year. And it's like, okay, I got a whole new group. All right. What are we going to run? What are we going to do? And what, what can I do? You know? And so I've, I've been fairly motivated in the last few weeks or whatever to look at some stuff. And I mean, I talked about my dad uh, writing stuff down on yellow pads, all that kind of stuff. Okay. I got crud all over my desk right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just notes uh, that come in in the morning or whatever in the afternoon and just write stuff down and things. But, uh, you know, it's still fun. It's still a challenge. I've got good girls. Uh, I said Slidell's a great basketball school. It's it's pretty easy to get motivated. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a – I'm not saying a tough year, but it's not going to be – we're just going to be so young. It's not going to be like it has been in the last few years. But I'm motivated to see if we can win district. It's going to be close. It's going to be closer than it's been since I've been here. And uh, – so I'm motivated to see if I can get them going. And I've got some good young freshmen and sophomores. And so I know that in two or three years, we got another shot of getting, you know, just a little bit closer. Let's just, you know, want to see what happens. You've always been pretty strategic, though. Like, for people that don't know, my, my junior year, we went 22 and – or 23 and 7. Yeah. And I was the only junior starter. Everybody else was seniors. And then – as only returning starter, we go 22 and eight. Yeah. Right. So it has to come with strategy to be able to change people. And I, I mean, even, even looking at that, like with Eric leaving, who is yeah. super talented, oh, um, yeah. you know, Dustin and, and Joseph Martinez, who, who used to guard the best player on another team all the time. Yeah. Right. So losing so much talent, and then to be able to pretty much repeat the success was was pretty big. And one of the games that always stands out to me is uh, Boyd. Oh, yeah. I forgot that on tape, too. <laughs> we lost 18 to 15. Was you talking about the one at Boyd? Yes, 18 yeah. to 15. Yeah, and you weren't happy because we're stalling. I know you weren't. Your dad walked out of that game. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that? Who did? Uh, your dad. Oh yeah, he was pretty upset. He but, walked out during the game and walked in front of the and walked in front of the bench and said, "This is not basketball." <laughs> I mean, he walked right in front of him and said, "This is not basketball." He's walking by, and so uh, and and I get it. I mean, I understand it. It was strategy. So, how did you come I, up with it? Well, I grew up with uh, my dad, who was more of a slower coaching and stalling and stalling was bigger in the 60s and 70s and 80s I mean that's just was the pace the pace of the game now you, you just don't hardly see it anymore 
you know, but I mean, it goes all the way back, you know, to North Carolina and Duke and Stalin and stuff when they didn't have a shot clock. Yeah. Uh, in the colleges, there's a lot more of that. And so anyway, so that was still in the back of my mind. And when we go against Boyd, they got a heck of a point guard. And then they got four other guys out there that are like six, three, you know, oh, they were six, nine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and, yeah. And, and then we had, you were our tallest player besides Nate. Am I right? Like six one or whatever. Yeah. Well, well, no, it was it was Nate yeah. at six three. Yeah. CW at like six one. I was like five ten, yeah. and Chad and Jeremy. Yeah, I mean we're it's like all right, we're coming up against these big guys. How are we going to keep them from scoring? Okay, how are we going to keep them from rebounding? Which is such a big deal to me anyway. You know, yeah. I mean, how are we going to stop them in the first place? So I just let's just keep the game close. Yeah, You know, if we can keep the game close, I felt like they were the overall talented better, you know, and athletically and everything like that. So, if we can just keep the game close, man, you know, let's – let's uh, then we've got a shot at the end. And yeah, I, that, I know. I think they were like 6'9", 6'9", 6'6", 6'3", 5'11", Ryan Starnes. And the 5'11 five, five kid, what was his name? Starnes. Yeah, he was the best player. Yeah. And and so I was just trying to come up with something to even it out. You know, if you can't hit them head on, go around them. Yeah. And I might have to do that this year with with somebody. And I'm a fast breaking guy now, and we're dribble driving. But uh, I've already looked at a couple of stall games just to, if, you know, you know, for a couple of games that we got coming up, the district and stuff. I might have to slow it down and and try to. If you can control the tempo, you can control a lot of stuff. Should Texas high school have shot clocks? Should it? I'm against it, but I'm old school uh, because, you know, in college and NBA, you know, in college you're you're recruiting kids and for your style and all that kind of stuff, okay? It, it, and NBA and all that kind of stuff, it's great, it's fast. But, you know, what, let's say you get a bunch of slow kids, but they're big, okay? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. You just get what talents you have, and you try to teach kids how to be successful. Yeah. Okay? No matter what you've got. It's not teaching to me. It's not teaching about winning. We're trying to teach these kids how to be successful and overcome obstacles, even when those obstacles are pretty big. Yeah. So I would still like not – I mean, you know, somebody wants to saw and are good at it. I mean, you're teaching some kids patience, teamwork. I mean, the skills that they're going to be – Using it for the rest of their life, so I, you know, that's just me. That, that is me. I, because I, I may, like I said I might be doing some stalling this year. So <laughs> I, I like that option. I like that option of that strategy. You know, and again, man, we put the ball up now nowadays. I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna shoot it. Do uh, you shoot more threes now than you used to? Do you practice okay. it? Is yeah. it the because the NBA game has changed, like with Steph and and those guys coming in. And now with um, analytics, how much yes. have you gone to analytics to prepare your team or to your coaching style? As far as analytics, I, no. I mean, I'm, I'm a big just straight stat person still and everything like that. But as far as, you know, when you're teaching four classes, uh, you know, and I do junior high practice in the morning at 6.30, you know, to – 8:45 or whatever. I'm here at 6:30, and then high school. And I still I coach I coach uh, junior high too. I coach them all. Okay. And, 
Yeah, I mean, I do. I've got an assistant, but she's young, and, and you know, I, I do. And for two years here, I didn't have an assistant. So I have to pick my battles as far as analytics, stats, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, <clears throat> you know, what was the question? <laughs> analytics. Like, yeah. do you go – does it affect your coaching style, the analytics uh, of the game? Well, we're talking about threes and threes. Yes. Free throws. Okay. All right. So uh, the stats, as far as individual stats on who can shoot and all that kind of stuff. I'll, yeah. I mean, I'm always looking at that. Um, uh, I'm a big rebounding guy as far as offensive rebounding and defensive rebound. I think that's 40% of the game. I mean, I'm always posting. I mean, I, there's correlation between turnovers and rebound, you know, and, and how our W's, our W's and stuff like that. If we if we win a game, I look and what percentage did we rebound offensively? And it's amazing, especially when you see those W's and then you say, okay, we rebounded had seven offensive rebounds for this game and we lost. You know, I mean it's just the the comparison comparison's crazy, but but I'm a big three guy. It's either threes, layups or free throws. Don't like the mid-range game. Okay, you're shooting a 15-footer. I'd rather you seven. I should rather shoot an 18-footer. I'm sorry, 19-footer, a three-point shot. I mean, uh, or going to the hole. You know, let's 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 get in the lane, and that is part of the dribble drive mentality. Let's get in the lane. You get either get a layup or let's get a foul. Let's get to the line. You know, when did that change for you? Because the 15-foot uh, really, shot used to be the key shot. That's what you wanted to get. Yeah. Uh, in the last – and it's evolved over the last few years as far as – I like the three. And when I was at Dodd City coaching boys in the last 15 years, I, we, we were known for having some good three-point shooters and stuff. I've gone to a more – with the dribble drive, more so with the dribble drive because it is. You're opening up gaps to go to the hole, and then if you get help, you kick it. Yeah. And if you kick it, you shoot it. Okay. And also, missed three-point shots are easier to get the rebound off of. Longer rebounds. Uh, yes, I mean, they are. And so, you know, it's it's just it, – I, and I still like a post-up game a little bit. I mean, I do. We still work on – every one of my kids from sixth grade on up <clears throat> work on post moves, even if they're not going to be a post. Because to me, it's just a layup. You're working on your right and your left hand. We still work on that stuff. <clears throat> that's so good. Yeah. That's so good. <clears throat> Man, that's, anyway. that's – awesome. it's, it's crazy how the game has changed, though. Right, how how much different it's played now uh, than the way it was then. And the three-point line, three-point line changed it massively. You know, you can't help off and stuff like that. I mean, you know, I mean, if you don't have a three-point line, uh, you know, that three's not worth it. It's, it's just a long two. Yeah. So, Same amount of points for a layup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know. So, but, I mean, you know, just pack it in the lane if there's no three-point line and make them shoot a 20-foot, you know, 19, 20-foot three-point line, three-pointer. So, yeah, it changed it a lot. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I appreciate you for for sharing all your knowledge. I appreciate you for taking the time to, to come on and and just share some stories and your your history and um, just everything. It's It's good to catch up. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, I think – well, I know that you made a profound effect on me um, in, those, in those short years for as far as discipline goes, for sure, because uh, you were a huge disciplinarian. Um, <laughs> I missed – uh, 
you you set practice at eight o'clock in the morning on New Year's Day, my senior year. Yeah, I I, I still do that. Do so, you? Yeah, I had to as a player. So why shouldn't y'all have to do it? Because so, no, we evolve and, and we know, like we don't want to put people <laughs> in bad situations. And I missed that practice. And uh, yeah, I had to run what twenty suicides before the next game, which is like you? three days later. Yes. I I mean there's a I'm afraid there's a lot of stories out there that I don't remember. Uh and they're probably not true at all. I mean not. I just know they aren't. It's fake news. Sorry, it's fake news. Okay. I'm just throwing is, it out there. So what is the conditioning <laughs> they do right now? What did they do this morning? Um here's my deal now, and I've I've done this even at, uh, when I was coaching boys at Dodge City when we started doing conditioning. Uh I don't do a lot of running right now. Okay. Uh, because I know we're going to take a couple of weeks off here in another week or two, and so it's just going to be gone, okay? Uh, so we have an hour where we can do basketball, and within that I am doing some full-court drills. But because of COVID, we can't do any one-on-one, two-on-two, but we can't do any offense on defense, okay? We do a lot of 5 on We do a lot of shooting, and it's within our offensive drill shooting, okay? Um and so we, we do get some up and down stuff. So for an hour. And then I take them to the weight room. And uh, today was more of just a straight upper day. And we were in there for about 30 minutes. Yesterday, we, we did a lot of lower core stuff, deadlifts, squats. I hated it. Uh, and then we went out to the gym again and did some more stuff with uh, bands and some plyometric stuff and some ab workouts and stuff like that okay and so but there and then we did we did a few sprints just a little bit not much but when we come back uh after our little break right before school then the conditioning part the running part some of them run cross country i'm going to get them in shape cross country if i don't coach cross i'll get them in shape i'll still do that hour of basketball but it'll probably be a lot more running with the basketball full court drills and stuff like that start a bike club uh yeah I've, <laughs> I've thought about it but there's nobody around here rides i'm 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 solo man i'm i'm out here in the boonies man, there's nobody out here rides uh, i think i'm there's that leg shaving spandex wearing a coach out here he's just weird <laughs> Jim bob his pickups gonna run over me one of these days <laughs> you had a wreck one time you got hit by a car when i was in high school yeah i did well i was in vegas okay hello okay um i really was my wife and I, I was going to do a 200-mile ride in California. I'd signed up for it. And it was, we, so we were driving out, stopped in Vegas. I took a little 20-mile uh, ride just cruising and coming back towards the hotel. I got hammered. So, yeah, I was, spent a few days in the hospital. Uh, didn't affect me at all. I'm still good. Well, I'm That's still I like mean. riding into the traffic instead of away from it. Like, I, don't like, yeah. I don't like cars coming up behind me that I can't see. Because there's too many kids and stuff that on their phones when they're driving. Oh. And I would rather be able to see you swerve so I can at least minimize the damage. Yeah. I've just been doing it so long, I don't even think about it. I don't have a mirror where I can look back uh, or anything. Uh, I I know the roads I don't like to ride, that I don't ride around here. But I am in the country. Yeah. So there's a lot of – 
county roads that are paved. Now, if I go on a long ride towards Ponder and, and I'll get up into Argyle and even edge of Flower Mound. Wow. But I'm still, I'm still on some back roads back in there. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just used to it. You know, uh, I don't even really think about it too much and I don't have a lot of problems with it. Now, if you go at three forty-five in the morning, there's not a lot of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's not hard anything going on okay <laughs> so you can ride a lot and you don't see anybody anything you'd like to to leave the people with um just kind of a life philosophy or just how you've been able to change over time and just continue to move forward and pursue greatness oh <clears throat> my philosophy and especially when it comes to coaching and I guess probably life has changed, and especially in the last two or three years, if I, as I see the political climate and the climate in the country, is that, you know, I was so intense, so this is the way it's going to be done, and you better do it, and you better do it right now. Uh, so I have mellowed drastically. Um, but, you know, I'm still going to push and I still want you to do it right and everything, but I have a little more patience, you know, uh, even though you were late on the zoom this morning, uh, you know, but <laughs> I have a little more patience, but I just, I, I just think people need to be a little more patient. And I even told my girls yesterday, I said, I was just, I, I yak at them all the time. Just constantly. I don't know what I said. I said, all right, we need hugs, not, Hugs not hate right now. I said, like, we got too much of that stuff out there right now. Okay, you know, and they just laugh at me. They, I have a good relationship with them. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, people need to mellow a little bit, you know, work hard and uh, just chill out. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good philosophy or not or what. But No, it's great. But you talk about the discipline and – just one story came to my mind. One yeah. time Myron was guarding Eric. You remember Myron, yeah. my cousin Myron? Um, yeah. He's guarding, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. he's guarding Eric at practice. And he's like five feet off Eric. Eric's at the top of the key. And you're like, Myron, get up on him. Get up on him. You kept yelling. And he's like, he's too quick. And then you stopped practice. And you told Myron, you said, you go run bleachers until you think you can guard it. Myron ran bleachers for the rest of the day because he's like, I'll never think I can guard Eric. <laughs> I don't remember that either. <laughs> so that's another – that's just – that's not that's not true. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> not at all. Hey, did but I growth is good. Did Was I it? ever kick a basketball? <clears throat> Do you remember you doing kick that? kick a basketball. I believe you kicked yeah. one in a game one time. I will oh, – surely not. You pulled me. You pulled me and Chad. You pulled me and Chad against Burke Burnett. Uh, less than a minute into the game, I turned yeah. the ball over. The first we got the tip. I turned the ball over. First possession. Come back down the floor. Chad turns the ball over. Timeout. You took me and Chad out. Benched us for like the next two or three minutes, and then yeah. we end up we end up coming back and winning. But I mean, don't turn the ball over. I mean, that's pretty simple. Okay. I mean. <laughs> It was so different because, you know, like I said, like the structure that you Im implemented was never there yeah. before, right? Yeah. 
So Coach, coach Hicks was a, a good coach, but he's, he was more free-flowing, let everybody kind of do what they wanted to do. So there was never really a structure to that. And when you came in and implemented structure and discipline and conditioning, it was kind of like this guy just came Stop. off planet Mars and landed in Jacksboro. <laughs> I'm sure it was a shock. I, I, I know, I know. So I get that a lot. So first year, first year here, I mean, the first week or so, I had a girl tell me, you're, you're kind of intimidating. <laughs> and we hadn't even started practice yet. So – and I, I don't try to be that way. It's just, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just the way it is. I'm just, it, you know. Oh, and I messaged you one time. So, before we go. Okay. The number nine. You used to say, number nine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the time. I, I know. Do you still yeah. do it? No, I don't. But when you messaged me that, it reminded me of that. Okay. I would do it in class, right? Yes, in class, in class, yeah. in class all the time. History's boring. I say history boring. You'll have two or three a class that just like it, you know, or whatever. And I teach geography now too. And oh my God, that's just a tough one. And so I just, uh, in, in class, if I can keep y'all awake, okay, <laughs> just whatever. I mean, you know, that's my style. I still lecture. I get worksheets. Uh, I, I try to make it interesting. I try to relate it to what's going on. I talk about all kinds of stuff and it's social studies. So I've got the freedom to talk where I want to. It's social studies. There's a lot of social studies society out there right now. I already started making up a test for the kids for the first of the year on everything from COVID to Fauci to Democratic nominees to riots and everything. I want to see what they, what they learned. Yeah. What they've learned or what they know of. Okay. Uh, it's happened in the last few months and I'm giving it to every one of them when they come back in and then boom, I can start discussing all kinds of stuff. It's a social studies dream right there. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, I just want to, you know, I just want to say thank you personally, because I know yeah. the impact you made on me in my career um, that gave me so many tools, added so many tools in my tool belt to, to be successful and to be where I am today. And so I want to say thank you on that. And I'm pretty sure a lot of kids will, will say thank you as well. Um, maybe not when they go through it, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, I tell my I daughter, I, you know, you don't, my job is not to be your best friend. My job is to make sure that you can be successful in the world. Yeah. That's right. what it's about. And when she turns 18, I'm no longer, you know, that I'm, I can only help her when she falls. But yeah. if I prepare her well for these first 18 and she will be able to be, I think more successful in the, in the rest of her life than, than me trying to baby her way through or, or be her friend through it all. Wow. I'm right there with you. I've never been much for babying. So I'm going to err one way or the other. It was, it was to make it hard on you so you could learn some life skills and to be successful, not to yeah. be a winner, but to learn how to be successful. You know, so that's, that's kind of me. Sometimes that message didn't get across what I was trying to do, but that's been a, a philosophy of mine to, teach kids how to be responsible and all that kind of stuff, work hard, you name it. So, but I appreciate it, Nick, man. I appreciate you saying that. It's a pleasure coaching you. It's fun. You were good. So, I mean, you, you were, you made me look good. Good players, man. They make me look real good. <laughs> make so, I, 
Oh, it's been it's been awesome. It's been awesome. So yeah, you're like I said, you're one one I'll remember. So and you brought up some names of guys I hadn't thought of in a long time. Uh, but uh, I appreciate, it, man. It was a yeah. it's an honor. Um, you ever need anything? Holler. I will. I will. Hey, one last thing. Do you Sorry. remember? Do you remember the Aaron Lewis uh, episode against uh, Peaster at home when he had like he went nine for nine, and you told him he oh, couldn't shoot yeah. threes? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, Aaron couldn't shoot. Oh my God. I've got it. I've got Aaron on Facebook, man. <laughs> he goes like uh, nine for nine. We watched that one night, me and Eric and all of us and Dustin Dunlap and, and everybody. And it was like he would pass the ball, then he would just do like this. He'd take off running, come back. He just wanted it. He felt it. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Great memories. Ty's a good guy. Oh, yeah. That, those kind of stories are awesome. The other stories are all fake. <laughs> well that's awesome i appreciate it like i said thanks for coming on yeah. and uh thanks for being part i know you're probably surprised when i asked you to come on and yeah i was but i so, hope you no, i do appreciate it i'm gonna come visit my wife and i are close to retiring we're gonna get that rb and i'll i'll come holler at you one of these days sounds good we can go uh skiing or snowboarding or biking yeah, man I'll bike All with right. you the first 10 miles and then. Okay. All right. At least 10. I got you down for 10. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're ever down here, holler at me. So. I will. I definitely will reach out to you when I come back down that way. Do it. So. Do it. We'll, we'll meet up, man. Well, all right. All well, right. I had a great one. Thank you. I appreciate it, Nick. 